Let's turn the scriptures to consider the part of the account of Jesus' resurrection. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. We've been considering over the past few weeks the suffering of Jesus. And you can go back on our website, www.evergreentn.com. It's also in your bulletin if you want to consider those. And then today, now we turn to consider his exaltation, his triumph. And that we'll be looking at this week and next. Today we'll focus on verses 1 through 12. So let's give attention to God's holy and inspired word. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is God's holy word. Let's pray. O Lord, in the beginning you spoke and you brought everything into being. And you are the one who continues to speak through your word. And you give life and you give light and you give power and you give hope. And so, Lord, we pray that you would come and speak to us today as we consider your word, that we would hear from you And that you would give us that same hope that you gave to the early apostles. And that we would would, um, respond by remembering all that you have said and applying it to our lives by your spirit. And that we also might marvel and wonder at what has occurred. And this we ask through the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ who with you and the Holy Spirit is glorified forever. One God. Amen. My grandmother uh, was a female hemophiliac. And what that means is that her body wouldn't produce the platelets that she needed in order to clot, her, uh, clot the blood when, there were, when she was bleeding. And so what that meant concretely is that things that for you and me might have been a small problem, like if you get a little cut, it's no big deal. You know, your, your body clots it up, became a big problem for her. And so they didn't expect her to really to live that long because they thought that, that her body would not be able to um, repair itself or she would have something that would cause her to, to pass away. But amazingly, she, she lived into her 70s and um, she had four children uh, too, uh, the eldest of which is my mother who's also here today and uh, happy to have her and all our other visitors uh, today. And, um, but 
she, got, she was often in a very uh, difficult situation, had to go to the hospital over and over again. I remember my mom leaving to go down to Indiana from Michigan to, to be with her uh, in various places. And uh, it was always wondering, you know, is this going to be it? And, and for her, too. And she told me one time that, that actually she, re, she remembers see, looking down from above and seeing her own body there on the table. And then it was like God, God said to her, you're, you're not done here. Um, you're going back. And the interesting thing about that is that I've read tons of accounts like that where, where people have these sort of out-of-their-body experiences and then they, they come back and they experience very, various things. And it's really interesting to consider that and, he, and read all these accounts. I think there's a lot we can learn from. But now, I want you to um, think, though, uh, what would happen? What, think about my, a little bit of imaginary situation. Let's say that my grandma had passed away uh, on that time. And then she, she stayed dead. And we have the... Uh, viewing, and then she's lying, her body's lying there in the casket, and all of a sudden she sits up and starts talking to everybody. Now that is not something I've heard about very often. <laughs> that's not a common story. But that's the story that we have in our text. It is like that one. Now does that seem hard to believe that someone would be able to do that? If it does then you're not alone. Because the people that encountered this event also found it hard to believe. Th- that is what we see here in this passage. Coming to grips with what is occurring here. And so I want you to see how two different groups react to Jesus' resurrection. First, the women, and then second, the disciples. And we'll look at these as our two points. And a brief conclusion, and then we'll pray and conclude. So, <clears throat> the women that had followed Jesus, they, they already mentioned in the text that where the, the disciples had gone away, they followed from a distance. They were, they were watching Jesus. They wanted to care for him in any way they could. And even after he died, they wanted to show him the care um, that they could because they loved him so much. And so, after the Sabbath day, which was Saturday and at that time, they went to the tomb to prepare to anoint his body and perfume it and, and prepare it as was often done in that day. <clears throat> but what did they encounter when they came to the tomb? When they came to the tomb, they were surprised to find that the stone that had been put over the tomb was already rolled away. And then... They, they went into the tomb, and they found there just the linen cloths, and Jesus' body was not there. And what did they conclude from that? Did they say, Jesus is risen? No, they did not. They were wondering, trying to figure out what in the world is going on, where in the world is the body of Jesus? That was the question they had. And so God sent them two interpreters to tell them what had happened. These are two angelic beings who all of a sudden were standing next to them and they were shining like the sun and the women could do nothing else other than to fall on their face before them. 
They were scared, just like you and I would be if we had an experience like that. And what they said to them is some powerful words, which we often remember at Easter, from the angels of heaven. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He, is, he has risen. So they make the announcement. I'm going to interpret these facts you have before you. Jesus has risen from the dead. And then they tell them, remember, he already told you this over and over again. Look at verse 7. He quote, the angel quotes his word. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And what's amazing is that, that they hadn't put that together. You see, there was no category for them to put that into their brain. They weren't expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. So when he said that, they, they didn't get it. It's very important for us to understand. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. And yet, Jesus had told them, I'm going to rise from the dead. <clears throat> and he did it. I want you to go back to my imaginary scenario. Now let's say, again, imagine my grandma, after, at the viewing, after having been dead three days, rises up and starts talking to people. But then imagine at that point that I remembered that my grandma had told me, I'm going to die, and then three days later, I'm going to actually rise from the dead. I could tell you for certain, I would view my grandmother in a very different light from that point. And yet that is what Jesus did. He told the people that he would rise from the dead, and then he actually pulled it off. It's worth considering. What type of person is this? I think that's the question we all need to ask. What type of person is it that can say, I'll rise from the dead and pull it off exactly as he said? Now, as soon as the angels said this, finally it dawned in upon them. They finally got it. You know, there's so many things people could say. If we don't have the categories to say it, we often... To, to understand it, we don't process it until like something different happens and finally we get it. I'm sure all of us have had those types of experiences. That's what the women have here. And notice it says, then they remembered his words. And that means more than remembered, but that they, they got it. They understood what was the significance of what he's saying. Now, here we are at Easter. And why do we, why do we celebrate Christ's resurrection on, the, on Easter Sunday? It's, it's so that we can remember It's to remind us. Now, we should try to remember every day of our lives. But one of the reasons we have a special day to commemorate it is because we want to bring our attention back to that central fact that Jesus is risen from the dead. Because it's easy to forget what Jesus said about his resurrection and what he did. When we feel guilt or disapproval of others, then it's easy to forget that Jesus is risen. But his death means full atonement, and his resurrection means full acceptance with God for all those who are in Christ. So whatever other people think about us, whatever, whatever, however we may feel in our hearts, even guilt, we know that we are accepted because Jesus is risen from the dead. It's easy to forget what Jesus said about his resurrection. When things happen and we think 
and we experience them and we think we have an obstacle coming our way that seems to make things impossible, whether it's because of our own, uh, uh, our own sins, our own difficulties, or something outside of us, then it's easy to forget the resurrection. But the resurrection means that even something as terrible as death is not an insurmountable problem. Jesus has conquered death, and so he can conquer everything else as well. It's easy to forget what Jesus said about his resurrection. A lot of times we want to think about, when we think about our death, we forget about Jesus' resurrection. And a lot of times we don't want to think about our death. We want to hold it at the kind of the periphery of our consciousness and not consider the fact that our days are numbered and not one of us can claim we'll live out this day. But when we enter into that, it's easy to forget because it's a fearful thing. But when we remember, we see that Jesus has already gone there. And he has turned death into an experience that translates us into a greater life. And that just as Jesus has been raised from the dead, one day he will come back and he will take all of the bodies of the people who have died that are in him and raise them up to everlasting life. So our responsibility is to our part, our duty, is to remember the resurrection and to view the world in light of the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. And so there is hope when we feel guilt, when we feel like there are possible situations when we look at even the greatest challenge of death. The women, having seen all these things, knew exactly what they wanted to do next. They were going to go tell the 11, the special chosen disciples of Jesus. There were actually 12. One of them had betrayed Jesus, as we saw, and all the other disciples. And so they went to tell them what they had seen at the tomb. And what was the response of the disciples? Were they excited? Were they filled with joy? Jesus is risen. No. They didn't believe them at all. And they said, they actually said to them, they said that to them it seemed like absolute nonsense. Now, one of the common objections to the, to the historical truth of the resurrection is that, is that the apostles were so wanting Jesus to rise that they imagined seeing him. But what we can see is that the apostles weren't hoping for Jesus to, to rise from the dead because they didn't expect that at all. They didn't think he was going to rise from the dead. They thought they might carry these things on. They did not get what Jesus was saying. It took them a long time to get it. And so... Far from hoping it into existence, they weren't even looking for it. It was something that they had to be convinced of. Even when they saw Jesus, they said, he's a ghost. And he had to say, look, I'm going to eat something. Touch my hands. I'm telling you, I've risen from the dead. And they finally believe him, as we'll see. And so that objection is completely out of accord with the facts that we see them. And they all thought it was nonsense. But then it says... Peter, however, and as often happens in the, in the Gospels, our beloved apostle Peter got up and acted. He was an act-first, think-later type of guy. And we all need those people because we just get stuck thinking about stuff and don't do stuff. But Peter gets up, he runs to the tomb, and then he sees it, and, he, and he, it, is, it is empty, and there's the linens lying there, and Jesus is not there. 
And what it says is that he wondered or that he marveled at what he saw. And that's what I want you to do this Easter Sunday. I want you to marvel. Marvel at the fact of the resurrection. I've tried to use the illustration of my grandma, the imaginary scenario, just to kind of try to awaken us all to think about what this really means. Maybe you can find another way. But get that fact into your head about how amazing this is. And marvel at it. Just enjoy the fact that something so wondrous and marvelous has happened. But then even more so, marvel at the meaning of it. In light of this text, what it says is, is to us, as we look at the previous passages of Luke, that Christ was given over for our sins, that he experienced the wrath of God in our place, that he, was, he suffered for us, he was beaten for us, he was betrayed for us, he was arrested for us, he was condemned for us, he was crucified for us, he died for us. But what, what, how do we know that this is sufficient to cover all our sins? Well, the answer is because he rose from the dead. The sacrifice is accepted. His payment in our place for our sin is fully accepted. And now it is finished. It's over. We have the sure statement that just as Jesus was declared righteous, that he had done everything right in his resurrection, we share in that verdict if we are in Christ today. And so I will hope that you will marvel at the hope of the resurrection. There's so much out there to discourage us. And and so often the things that we focus on are the things that discourage us. There's good things happening too, but it's, it's easier to see the bad. So much out to discourage us. But the resurrection shouts to us this morning that get your eyes off that. There is hope. Life can come out of death. Light can break through the darkness. Wherever we've been, whatever we've done, there is hope. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.